certainly a pleasure to be here this morning and um, always a pleasure to, to speak the Word of God. Lord willing, I'll do a good job of that. We're certainly glad to have Kevin back with us this morning and uh, looking forward to hearing him give us a report of how things went for him there. A few weeks ago, we were trying to get out the door of the house. So I was running upstairs to get something out of the bathroom. Let me talk louder. Okay, how about if I do that? Is that better? Anyway, I was going up to the bathroom. I had to get something out of the bathroom. And so I was so caught up in what I was doing and just focused on something else that I forgot about the laminate uh, flooring that I had stacked in the hallway. And I went around the corner and I tripped and I fell. So obviously I wasn't focused on the right things. I was focused on something else and I wasn't really paying attention to what I was doing. Now, at work, we have a program uh, at the plant where I work that's focused on safety. It's called Goal Zero. And uh, obviously, I wasn't following that plan at my house. But for the plan itself, that program is designed to help us reach the goal of Goal Zero. Uh, the slogan for this year is called Go Zero, Goal Zero, Start to Finish. And the idea of that is to, is to incorporate in the work process from the beginning to the end a focus on the things that people need to do to be safe so that we'll have a uh, uh, no incidents, uh, no process incidents, no environmental problems and that sort of thing. And so the underlining assumption there is that we'll be focused on the right things to accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish. Now I believe that this concept about focus should also be applied to Christianity. You know, so often we say that my goal in life is just to get to heaven. But I think you'll agree if we stop and think about that for just a minute, that that's far, far, far too low a goal. Because God didn't call us to just go to heaven. God called us to be world conquerors. He called us to be soldiers of Christ. He called us to liberate those who are enslaved by sin. He called us to wield the Word of God, the sword of truth. And He called us to proclaim the Gospel of Christ. That's much more than just getting to heaven, brethren. And in order for us to accomplish those kinds of things for God's glory, we're going to have to have focus. We need to have focus. Now, if there was ever a, a book that dealt with focus and refocusing people on what they need to do, it's the book of Hebrews. Because if you'll recall in that context that the writer there, he's trying to pull people back. The, the original recipients of that letter were Jewish Christians who were suffering persecution, hardship, and social rejection because of their faith. And they were beginning to slip back into their former way of life because it was easier. There was no confrontation. And so the writer is writing to let them know that they need to come back to Jesus. They need to focus on Jesus. Now, we too today can suffer from persecution, hardship, and social rejection. Now, obviously it's not at the same level. It's much more subtle in our culture. 
but it can still have an impact on how we serve God. And so it's important for us to be diligent, to be focused on the things that we need to focus. In Hebrews, uh, well, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, 1 through 2, the writer explains how we can maintain focus in Christ from start to finish. So I'd like to take a few minutes this morning and talk about those things. But as before we go to that, the, to look at the, the context of that verse that we're going to be looking at today, we need to look back at the previous chapter where the writer lists a, a, a long list of historical Old Testament characters who have lived faithfully. They're champions of faith. They're people who are good examples for us to follow. They're people that, that we need to emulate but yet they didn't receive the goal of their faith. And so the writer says, he begins in chapter, um, let me get my place here. So chapter 12, I'll be reading from the NIV version, just read it again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and protector of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I see three things in this context that, that helps us understand what focusing start to finish would, would be, what this writer is encouraging his readers to do. First of all, we need to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that entangles. We need to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, and we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. I'd like to take a few minutes and, and look at each one of those. The first thing is we need to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Now the meaning of the word throw off, it means to lay down or throw down. It means to stop doing what you were doing and do something else. It's kind of like the reaction you have when you pick up a hot pan. Has anybody ever done that? You let go of it pretty quick. You know, I probably shouldn't say this because, you know, I already talked about safety and all that. But, you know, when I was a kid one time, to give you an idea of letting go and throwing things off, I was working at a gas station and I was there by myself and I was looked down and there was a there's a piece of metal stuck in the in the socket in the wall, a little bitty piece of metal. So I took a pair of wire pliers, metal ones, and I went to pull it out. You know what I did? I let go of it real fast. What we're talking about here is throwing off things, letting go of the things that hinder us. Now it's interesting that the word here for hinder, it actually means a tumor, a mass, a weight, a burden, something that, that holds you down. I used to have a Ford Ranger in our backyard. We had some dogs and they tore up the grass. And so I went to buy some sod from, uh, I think it was Home Depot or maybe Lowe's, I don't remember exactly. But I thought I was going to get all that on one trip on that truck. And I got about a third of it and the truck looked like this because it was weighed down. And the writer's talking about the things that we need to throw away or the things that weigh us down and make it hard for us to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. And he says, in the sin that so easily entangles us. 
Now I'm going to take. I'm going to make an assumption this morning that you're here because you want to be here. And that the reason why you chose to be here this morning is because you've had some experience with sin. Because if you're like me, you've, you've done the world thing. And you found out that, that living the way that the world wants you to live is not very satisfying. It doesn't give us what we want. It entangles us. It burdens us. And that word there for the sin that entangles so easily there, that word is, is, it has two ideas. It's got the idea of easily surrounding somebody and the idea of control. And so if you think about two guys that are wrestling, one of them gets the other in a lock hold, that's what sin does to us. It locks hold of us and we can't get free. We can wiggle around a little bit, but it controls everything that we do. And so the writer's saying that these are the things that we need to throw off. We need to throw off the weights that hinder us. We need to throw off the sin that entangles us. That's what focus, start to finish, is all about for the Christian. So what the writer is talking about here in this first verse is he's saying that we need to have an active, strong, deliberate, purposeful, action to try and take these things out of our lives. And these things can be different things to different people. It may be that the circumstances that you're in that makes your relationship with God a little awkward. It could be relationships, personal relationships that you have, whether it's good or bad, that pulls you away from God. It could be financial debt that consumes your mind. It could be time management. It could be demands from work. After all, we live in a global 24-7 work environment now. It could be a lot of these things. And all these things are waves that toss us around in our attempt to navigate life and serve God. And they distract us from our purpose. And so the writer is saying that we need to actively remove the things that distract us from doing what God wants us to do. The next thing that the writer talks about, the next part of focus, is let, he says let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Now the perseverance here is, it, it literally means to bear up under things that are weighing us down. And uh, the guy is saying, the writer is saying here that we need, the, when, the, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. It's the idea of hanging in there, of purposely not giving up, of being stubborn, of pushing back and not letting something crush you but staying there. The idea of the race that's marked for us, it's, the word there, it means that it's, that it's very obvious. It's laid out for us to see. It's very clear the path that we're intended to go on. And so the idea here is that we're not going to give up as we go down this path. But the other idea is that God has clearly communicated to us what He expects. He's clearly communicated to us what's going to happen when we choose to follow Him. You know, struggles between religions has been around since the very beginning. Cain and Abel. What did they fight about? Religion. And so we shouldn't be surprised if we realize or if we, in our efforts to serve God that we have conflict with the world around us and with people who disagree or have a different point of view. That shouldn't surprise us. 
And so the writer is telling us is that being focused is holding up. And even though we have struggles, hanging in there and not giving up. It's kind of what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 verses 27 through 30. When he's encouraging the, the church and he says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. We shouldn't be surprised that we're going to have struggles. But what the writer is telling us to do, he's telling us to have the state of mind that no matter what happens, no matter what we have to deal with, we're going to hang in there and we're not going to give up. Okay, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. The fact that it's a race, he's referring to us during the race that's marked out for us, the fact that it's a race implies that there's, comp that there's competition. And the competition that we struggle, what we need to, to understand is in this race here, we're not struggling against each other. Our struggle is, against, is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the minions of Satan. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 Paul writes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers, the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, Satan and his minions are trying to destroy us. They want to discourage us and ruin our morale. They want to distract us from the goal that God has given us, the things that he's given us to do. They want to divide us as a family. They want to dilute our devotion to God, our devotion to His purpose. And so being aware that we have an enemy like that, Paul tells us we need to wear the full armor of God in order to defeat it. And so the writer is saying that we need to, to endure, run this race endurance, understanding we're going to have struggles. And understanding that our, our struggle is not necessarily against flesh and blood but it's against the spiritual realm because we have an enemy that's trying to destroy us. Running the race with endurance and with our eyes focused on the end goal, not giving up, being prepared to deal with those struggles, that's focus start to finish. Paul puts it like this in Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through 15. He says, not that I've already obtained this or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Brothers, we need to stay focused on what we need to do to accomplish the race and endure in that. 
the next thing that the writer talks about as a component of focusing here is we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Now the word fixing our eyes there, that's, that's to look away steadfast or intently toward an object. It also means to keep thinking about without having one's attention distracted, to think about, to fix one's attention on. <coughs> it means to look a, away from one thing and focus on another. It's kind of like, I don't know if y'all heard it or not, when my phone was ringing, everybody was looking at that instead of me. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been in a meeting with a lot of people? You hear somebody's phone going off and you say, I wonder whose that phone is. And then you realize it's yours. And then you look up and everybody's looking at you. That's what we're talking about here. We need to take our attention off of these other distractions and we need to focus on Jesus. And why should we do that? Because the writer says he is the author and perfecter of faith. Now, the word author there could also be translated originator, founder, leader, chief, first, prince. And perfecter obviously is someone who completes it. Someone who completes the race and gets the prize. Now, some translations on there, they say that they have, some translations have our faith in there. But that's really not in the Greek. And if you look at the context that came before this passage where they're talking about examples of faith, examples of faithful conduct, you see that the writer is saying, these guys that are here, this cloud of witnesses that are before you, they are good examples of faithful living. But they didn't receive the promise. Jesus, on the other hand, he completed it. He received the promise because he was faithful unto death. And so we need to focus on Him. We need to keep our eyes on Him. Now I know I may have used this illustration before, <coughs> but one of our dogs is named Misty and she's obsessed with food. And so one time we were sitting in our house and we we're saying, where's Misty? Where's Misty? She's not around. The other dogs are running around. Misty's nowhere to be found. We walked into the kitchen and she's sitting there looking at the counter at the box of treats. She's focused on that. And so the writer is saying we need to be focused on Jesus the same way that Misty focuses on food. It needs to become a priority. It needs to become an obsession. We need to be focused on Jesus and what He has done for us. So how was Jesus able to be faithful when everybody else was not? The writer tells us in the, in the passage, he says that for the joy set before Him he endured the cross. Now that's telling me that Jesus had focus. And his focus was on what he was given by God to accomplish. Now understand what I'm saying. Jesus', Jesus goal, the joy that he had, was not that he got to sit on the right hand of God. That's not what it was. Because Jesus was with God before he came to earth. The joy that was set for her, before him was that by living a faithful life, he would become the source of salvation to everyone who has faith in him. Because what he accomplished allows us now to follow him and have a relationship with God that we couldn't have before. And so that joy that he had in completing that, he realized how important that goal was. He realized that that's what God wanted him to do and he set his mind on it. And he didn't let the cross dissuade him from doing what God wanted him to do. 
He didn't allow the fact that he was rejected by the leaders of that day to interfere with him accomplishing what God wanted him to accomplish. He was focused. And we need to be focused too. I think this writer does a good job, the writer of Hebrews, explaining to us what true focus should be for the Christian. We need to throw off the things that, that distract us from serving God. We need to put in our mind that we're going to serve God, we're going to accomplish the things that He wants to accomplish, no matter what. No matter what the circumstance is. No matter what gets in the way. No matter how much it costs. We're going to serve God. And we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because Jesus is not only the author of faith. He's not only the perfecter of faith. He's not only a good example of focus. But He's our Lord. And He's our Savior. And He's the example for us to follow in this world. Brethren, if we're going to be successful in our Christian walk, if we're going to be more than just get to heaven by the skin of our teeth, we're going to have to have focus. And I think these are three ways, three things that will help us have the focus that we need to have. If you're here this morning and there's any way we can serve you, won't you come as we stand and sing?